Happy. It's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. How you doing? I'm Dr. Lisa. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn today. Today and the whole day, you got to stay with us, man. We're having like this big party in the studio all day long. So just hang out with us. We're going to have a real, we're going to have fun because we're a bunch of fucking crazy maniacs. Anyway, um, you know, thanks. Uh, you know, go to our home, go to our homepage, www.radiofreebrooklyn.com and, uh, you know, throw us a few bucks. You know, if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking like, should I get the extra tomatoes? No, save that money and give it to us. Anyway, we all need help these days. Financial help, right? And we are no different. So today is National Working Woman's Day or Women's History Day or something like that. I was thinking about that today. You know what my hope, this is my goal. So let's give a shout out to every working woman. And that includes every woman because every woman just fucking picks up after all of you guys and you know it like the idea that homemakers are not working women is so wrong anyway so um show some so show some love and appreciation to the any women you see today because they all work they're all working and uh what my goal i realize like my hope for the future is that we don't we can get rid of working women's day and women's art shows and women's bullshit this woman's bullshit that it's like we're all we're and like you know racial things it's black this white this cream colored that we're all people and when we start to you know the day that we get rid of these fucking labels uh i will be way long gone I know that, but that's my that's my fantasy goal. Maybe in my 89th year, if I make it. I'm in really good health. I had a great checkup yesterday. You know, I'm going to be 62. That's right. I look good for my age, they say so. They tell me. Uh, I'm going to be 62 in May. And uh, I got my cholesterol was a little bit high. And I got it, like, down a lot. By I don't even know how I did that. So I'm, I'm in a good mood today. I saw my doctor yesterday my doctor's is really good looking woman so i always look at her and think god i wish i she looks good she has no problems anyway back to business let's get down to this so i've got this really awesome guy who i don't know that well but i really really wanted to get to know him and that's part of the reason he's on the show today and his name is edward kitch known to me as eddie hi eddie hello hello it's actually kish Kish, I said Kish, K I S H. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say the wrong? Did you say? Think I said Kitch? I thought I heard you say Kitch. Oh no, no, that's a whole other thing. No, I would never call you Kitch. That's terrible. (laughs) Uh, Especially from somebody that knows anything about art. That's that's almost a. I don't know. Is that derived? I don't know. We got to get an art expert on here. You can you can call me Eddie, please. Eddie, Eddie. So how I know Eddie. Is Eddie is the partner of one of our very special favorite uh incredibly talented host ori gibbons the fourth ori gibbons is the host of queer state of mind which plays on sundays noon to two 
Or is it noon Saturday. to Saturday? Saturday is noon to two. We went back and forth on this a few times, uh, Eddie. We've we, said, I, we, I said, is it Saturday, Sunday? It's, it's because uh, he's also involved with... Uh, with Objection, the, to, objection the to the rule. Yes, thank you. And that's on when? That's on Sundays at one o'clock. Okay. So let's just be clear. Ori Givens, Queer State of Mind, Saturdays, noon to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been on the show. You can look, you know, if you go back into the archives, you can hear him on my show, too, where we talked a lot about, I learned a lot about intersectionality and, you know, all that stuff, po- politics, politics with gay people. So I wanted uh, Eddie to just explain Ori's show in a nutshell for us. Um, well, it's it's two hours of uh, music and uh news and gossip uh from a qpoc perspective a qp that is a queer people of color perspective oh there you go yes thank you yeah yeah uh qp see i'm learning here qpoc okay we'll all learn that together folks (laughs) i should know that anyway i am a huge ori fan and i have enormous enormous respect for this guy i think he's like brilliant and so capable and uh you know um he just got this really awesome job uh do as an on-air what it what, how do you describe he, the job he is an on-air reporter um for a news organization a television news organization in hudson valley and he's killing it we're really proud of him right he is definitely killing it and we're definitely proud of him and uh one of the things is is that ori and 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 Eddie have lived together for how long? Um, well, well, we're not living together at the moment, but we do see each other fairly frequently. Um, but we had been living together uh, for uh, about two years before uh, before we accepted the job. Mm-hmm. And how long? And how long were you dating before that? Um, so I think how long have you been dating? I think total now we're we're three years going on. Or if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, unless I'm unless I'm adding years to it now, I think that's correct. I think it is almost four yeah. years. Yeah. So I had the good fortune of running into Eddie last Thursday at our uh, Radio Free Brooklyn um, showcase music showcase at the Well, and uh, I had this opportunity to invite him on the show. How was the show? It was great, right? It was a great show. Um, I I would, uh, was getting a little late for me. I didn't get to see all of it, but uh, I enjoyed what I saw. I thought it was. Uh, thought it was impressive i was disappointed we didn't have more folks there um but, i heard uh, it got i heard it did get did it crowded you and i i'm, I'm all old i was there early i was there early with the guy who'd been on that day mm. uh thurston but uh thurston ray who was awesome and he played really really well yes but, um so and anyway this is what i think we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh we're going to first talk about a little bit about uh you and Ori, mm-hmm. your relationship, mm-hmm. okay. and then we're going to talk about you coming out a okay. little bit, All right. and then we're going to talk about an issue that you said you have, which is shirking responsibility. We're going to see if mm-hmm. we're going to help you with that. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, uh, how did you and Ori meet? Um, so we, um, I was, we were both at the time living in Columbus, but we had um, our paths had crossed multiple times before then, um, unbeknownst to us. It uh, wasn't until we actually met 
and started to compare notes that we said oh hey uh you know this person i know that person and mm-hmm. lived, what did you have in common uh we both lived in akron i lived in akron for 14 years he lived in akron for three out of those 14 years never met which is amazing because i know everyone in akron and it's a tiny town mm-hmm. um and again it came to pass of course that we know people that you know mutually mm-hmm. that before you know without mm-hmm. meeting each other mm-hmm so, uh, so there was that, but then, um, we had actually met in person, uh, well, we met online, uh, actually when we were both living in Columbus and mm-hmm. met in person, you know, met, we met at a, at a tea house that sadly is mm-hmm. no longer in business in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we enjoyed some tea and biscuits and just kind of had a, a very quiet, uh, time of conversing and getting to know each other. And we had a kind of a proper courtship for a couple of weeks where we just would meet um frequently you and dated yes you dated. actually dated I know. you met somebody online that you yeah. are now both in love oh very much so very much so. I, I love that you know this is really funny because i we i was having this drunken conversation with you on last thursday and mm. i wanted to continue it on air <laughs> that i i the thing about you eddie as i told you that like i keep like you've like when I saw you, I'm like, I know that person, but I didn't put you together with Ori immediately because I keep forgetting that you're gay. Like the thing about you, uh, Eddie, and mm-hmm. you acknowledge that you know this mm-hmm. is that you really, you seem like a Jew. You seem <laughs> like, like just a Jew guy that would have gone to my high school. I, mean, I get like that. Like a suburban. Not suburban. Not suburban. Well, maybe so originally. I'm suburban originally. originally. Like Long Island suburban. Yeah, maybe, you but know. you just seem like such okay. a regular old Jew that huh. I wouldn't, you know, known in my high uh, school and you... like not gay at all. You seem so not gay. It, it really doesn't help that I say oi frequently, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, you pick up from friends that are Jewish and, you know, it's, you carry it through. So we're finding out for sure that mm-hmm. you're not gay. I mean, right, that you're gay, but you're not gay. Jewish. I'm not straight, Sorry, but I'm not, not Jewish. You're a gay goy. I'm a gay goy, indeed. Yeah, indeed. so, and then we were talking about how I'm not, I, I called that out, but not everybody, but so what's that like for you? You know, that's true about you, that people don't really like tag you as gay. So what, how's that, how's that affect your life? So so it's a precarious kind of thing because, you know, I, I, I try to exist as myself as much as possible. I try to be my true self every day. And, you know, I've been, I've been accused Admirable. of being fake. I've been accused of, oh, well, you're putting this on. You're putting on. Oh, you're porch. not really gay. I'm like, well, no, talk to me long enough and, and you eventually you'll figure it out by context of conversation. Um, but, you know, you won't hear, you won't hear much of a list because I went through speech pathology for five years. I mean, my parents, really? yeah, no, I had actually quite a list from uh, until I was about 13. Um, all my S's were like this. They all, oh, like this. so your parents wanted to help. But that wasn't right. like a so gay. It wasn't like gay conversion. I mean, no. A, a <laughs> speech right. pathologist who, who taught me how to like close my teeth when I say my S's. Oh, uh, well, know? that's probably good. You sound yeah. more more authoritative, I, I guess, or it's better and get better. That's probably better in life. But um, mm-hmm. so does do you? Does it ever hurt your feelings, or do you ever think like this is great? They'll never know I'm gay, or what is it like for you? Um, you know, and it's 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 definitely easy to to walk through the the straight you know walk in you know to the straight cis situation of you know cisgendered men and be able to 
have conversations with them. Have and, the power. You know, not is everything changes the moment that I find that people find out that I'm gay and they're cisgender men. Everything changes. What happens? Um, so I'll, you know, uh, sometimes and not always. I shouldn't say always, but some when this when this does happen, um, they treat me differently. They, um, they, you know, some some people will will shirk away from me. They're they're you know all of a suddenly averse to physical touch, like they, <gasps> you know, that's but, so weird. But then some people will will overcompensate by you know making everything out about me being gay, and it's like. <laughs> oh, God, no, this is really, no, we don't have to talk about me and both sex every time you see me just because it's like, hey, this guy's gay, so he's going to be cool with this joke. No, maybe not. Oh, um, man. So when um, you're when the situation comes up and it there's a reason for people to know whether you're gay or straight, does that make you uncomfortable? Are you like, oh, my God, here's a, here it's coming? Um, You know, if it's... If it's somebody that that is you know utterly bigoted, then yeah, it's like oh god, you know, it's like Archie Bunker finding out. Oh jeez, yeah, but you, you look at the beard though. Yeah, you sure you know So, but like by and large, most people, especially in New York City, yeah, New York City is probably crazy. cool. It's it's in Ohio. It's when I go back home to Ohio, more or less, that it's just like. People are always freaked out. Although, actually, when I, I visited Orion Hudson Valley, um, and uh, we went we went to a safe space for gay people, not necessarily a gay bar, but uh, we actually we actually were calling it a speakeasy. But um, met a met a young bisexual man there who had uh, pointed out to me that uh, I, that I, I didn't I didn't put off any quote unquote gay vibes at all. He had no idea and I'm just like, okay. But he just remained fascinated by this and I'm like, okay, well we can get over this because <laughs> I am it. it is true. Houston, we have confirmation. <laughs> he is gay. It's true. That is so weird. Isn't it weird that like we we what's so weird and this is me too, is that it just what you're what you're what you're pointing out or what you what you illuminate by mm-hmm. by existing mm-hmm. is the fact that we all have these stereotypes of what gay men are like. Mm-hmm. And I mean and that's and I find that unfortunate. <laughs> I find that too, ridiculous. Because it's you know, it's just like Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, shouldn't uh, when people ask me for fashion tips, and it's just like I I don't know fashion. I know what yeah. I like. No, you don't. Ori does. Yeah, Ori, Ori <laughs> does, but Ori Ori also refuses to dress me. I've I'm like Good. just just dress me. He's like, no, dress yourself. I'm like, okay, all right. Why fine. he wants you to be you? He wants me to be me exactly. He cool. Just like he doesn't want me to be his Barbie. Girl, I love so. that. He's so, so good. He's so much better than He's, I am. Right? Unlike no, Bell you'd be like, oh, get... I can't wait to get my hands on you. Yeah, yeah Bell. No. Bell. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, he. He is such a, I was like, yeah, he was a great fixer-upper. <laughs> but uh, uh, I love that. So also, can we just say, I mean, this mm-hmm. is ridiculous, but Ori's black, right? Yes, yes, Ori <laughs> is black. Ori's black. Ori is black. So does that ever, there must be, there, there's a comedy routine in here somewhere where the two of you go out together and Ori's like, um, you know, we're really well-dressed. Or usually, yeah, he's a stylish happening. He's a handsome, stylish black mm-hmm. man, right? We could mm-hmm. say that, oh, right? Yes. We're his and you're like a schlubby, <laughs> a schlubby Jew. A schlubby Jew. So, yeah, so I so wear is, I wear a lot of plaid. You wear a lot of plaid. You look like a hipster. You look like you look like a geeky hipster, like a little too smart to be a real hipster. Right, right. And a little too uncool, too geeky. Okay. Yeah, you're my kind of guy okay, that, so you know, you're totally my kind of guy. So let's, 
Um, so does that, like, does what happens there? Do people, like, think, what, do people get really confused by that? Or what happens there? Do people notice? or? Well, you know, uh, so far, uh, you know, as far as, um, you know, adventures in Hudson Valley here are concerned, um, you know, we... We've we've fared quite well. I mean, I've not. I mean, we've gone to dinner places. We no, no, no one stared. No one, <laughs> no one in the stared at you, whispering, <laughs> and it's been kind of nice. You know, that's uh-huh. in a small town. I mean, you can't expect it, but it's a small town in the state of New York. So you know, there's still, you know, people uh-huh. are still a little bit more forward thinking than they are back home. But even still, you know, I don't. So have you guys gone to Ohio together? Oh yes, many times. Well, and that's where we met. That's where we, you know, right, right. Dating. So what was that like then? Um, you know, I, I, I can't recall any specific situation where you know it was like, you know, Hor- it, nothing it was horrible nothing happened. Horrible happened. You weren't kicked out of a in a public place or anything like that. No, actually, no. We've never we've never been kicked out. Nothing of like that. No, no, we're better yeah. about that now, aren't Certainly. we? That's good to hear. Certainly, I think you know if it had been twenty years ago, it might have might have been a lot more difficult. You know, yeah. You. Well, my best friend is still my best friend, but when we were in our, she was in her twenties. I was in my early thirties. She had a long term relationship with a black guy, mm-hmm. and I used to hear a lot of stories back in those days. So. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really hard for them to leave New York City without getting all sorts of weird attention, right? That makes sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I no, guess that, things, that have Im- things have improved. Uh, definitely, I think mm-hmm. so. What about, like, holding hands and stuff, though? Like, do you do... So, most gay men feel... Un- like, you don't see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that most gay men or you guys or what what's that about well, like holding hands putting your arms around each other that kind of thing there's 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 always the possibility that we could hold hands and be in a space where you know people um people want to say something or people want to do something we've never together we have never had a problem like that uh, you know we've never had anyone that's ever said you know can you please stop doing that <laughs> like, Don't touch him. but that that possibility always exists and that you know and i and and I, I feel that I'm, I'm a calm enough individual. So long as you know I'm being approached calmly, that I can, you know, I can appeal to the person's sense But don't of you feel angry? Don't you feel angry that like fuck you? Why oh, do you guys oh, yeah. like so like it's such a fucked up planet? Right. No, and I totally agree. It's. It, I think ultimately, yeah, that does make me angry. But I mean, I'm. I don't know. I'm thinking this day and age, it. I'm so used to ignorance. I don't know. I mean. Huh. Yeah, let's, can I ask you this? Can we though? talk about the election results from you know a couple? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so if you were um, with another gay couple and you were in like one of your homes, would you be holding hands? Oh, well, most most definitely. But we're yeah. you know we've we've gone to. I, I think we have more straight friends than we do gay friends. Oh, sometimes yeah. When it comes to like couples, but um, and as far as us visiting with them, but um, in in situations with straight friends, we have we've sat and held hands before, um, cool. and we. We tend to visit safe spaces, you know, here in New York City. So, that, so sad, know, safe spaces. Safe spaces. Well, but, I guess I feel that yeah. way, too, because I'm a little bit of a weirdo. I mean, I don't feel there's, comfortable. There's probably certain certain bars where you wouldn't hold your husband's hands just because, you know, PDA it would probably evoke some drunken comment from somebody. In Maybe, spaces, I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. Maybe because I wouldn't want to embarrass him, I wouldn't hold his hand. But yeah. So let's um, talk about uh, you uh, coming out as gay. So you were saying that you grew up in a small. Tell us about that. Okay, so I um I grew up in a in a town uh, called Lorraine. Uh, it's west of Cleveland. Uh, it's um it's kind of in the shadow of Terminal Tower and 
uh it's um you know it's it, it at one point in its history was uh you know the greatest steel manufacturer in the country and that of course is no longer the case but um like now, a lot of ohio a lot, a lot of ohio so when i was when i was younger and that's so the point of this is that when i was younger it was a much bigger town than mm-hmm. it is now it's, mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. it's really gotten small the steel mill has shut mm-hmm. down a lot of its operations it's sad depressing there, place but, yeah it's it's really i, I mean I'm, i miss the town that doesn't exist anymore right so, so you you grew up but when you were growing up, was it a pretty small town? Well, it was. It was still. I mean, a lot of people. Uh, it was one of those towns where a lot of people were nosy. Everybody already kind of knew your business anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and you were aware of being gay since you were what, like twelve or thirteen? I was thirteen when it first kind of like hit me, and I, I spent three years mulling it over and not telling a soul until I finally like broke down and and had a conversation with uh, a. Psychological professional. <laughs> Unlike myself, a licensed <laughs> psychological professional. No. So tell us about that. Uh, so I had, um, I was visiting, uh, well, my mother, my mother actually had a, a visit with her uh, therapist. I was 16 and I was in the waiting room. So your mom was going to therapy she already was, and she would bring you like, you know, come here, wait, yeah, wait, come here, wait, wait for me and then know, we'll go out and get ice cream or something. Yeah, we're running errands. Then, yeah, then I'll and whatnot, cry on your shoulder so. on the way home. Oi, well, you know. Oi, I, see, see, you're I, are, you. I bet you, I you sure you're not adopted? I'm not, I'm not. So, wait, but, I'm going to run a DNA well, my last, check on you. Well, my last name is actually, I did some, some, the, yeah. some Ellis Island visiting when I was a tourist back, you know. Don't let me, lifetime. don't let me derail you. No, yeah, this is no. not going to happen. Keep, keep going. Anyway, so. So yeah, so uh, you know, one particular session, uh, the psychiatrist had asked, um, you know, asked me in the room for the last five minutes of my mother's session, and you know, they uh, they were talking to me about responsibilities and how you know my mom was proud of me that I had stepped up. And so he asked you to stay. He asked he asked me to come in and talk. And he to just them. wanted to like give you like you're doing an encouraging that your yeah, mom really loves you and is encouraging of I, you and proud of you. Is that what he wanted you to know? Basically, yes. But part of you know, well, and the thing is, and I, I, I kind of bite my tongue, but the part of the thing is that she was proud of me for how well I was managing things, but she omitted all the other responsibilities that she had placed on me. That you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, no like what do you mean she um, gave you a lot so of responsibility i had a i had a i had a lot of things that i had to take care of like what the house. just just day-to-day like you know that what you were saying earlier about uh housewives you know about having to, to do all the chores and everything like that was something well that, let me just get ask you your parents are married oh yes and yeah. so your dad what does your dad do my dad well they're both retired now but at the time uh he was an administrator for a school system so mm-hmm. he was, so he had a decent job yeah, and your mom job. my mom was also working she was a salesperson uh so neither of them get home till and six you, and you had a younger sister i had a younger sister okay so. I, uh, you so know. they both worked hard all day they and, both worked hard, and you were the oldest kid and so i was the oldest kid so she it? wanted you to help out around the house and in help i did indeed and um so but it's you know at any mm-hmm. rate so mm-hmm. they you know, she pulled me in and it was one of those things where uh i think during the session it was like so you know julie so how's how's everything going around the house and you know oh well this is clean and that's done and this is done and well, who's doing that oh, eddie's doing that well you should probably pull him in here and thank them they came oh wow and i think that's kind of how that came to pass so wow. you know so she told me this and i'm like oh my god well thank you i appreciate that mm-hmm. you hadn't you mm-hmm. Know, mm-hmm. wow gotten that so she and was then, in the room too yeah so she yeah. was in the room and so okay. then, then when we were done and i asked him like could i have a couple minutes alone? i just there's something that i just would like to like talk about if that's okay 
and asked you know my mom to relieve the room if that was all right and so you know she left the room and so i went to the psychiatrist and i said i i think i'm gay and you know this is something that i've been dealing with for three years and i just i gotta talk to somebody about it and he said he said well there's nothing wrong with that like psychologically like you're not you're not crazy like that's not what this means and you, but you have to understand the context of this like this was how oh, 1993 mm-hmm. 1994 mm-hmm. uh so i i really yeah it was 1993 i just i i it, around me was kind of ignorant like people that i went to for help like school counselors well how did you feel when he said that did, did that was that was that reassuring or did it that... was i really i walked out of there and i felt empowered i'm like i'm not crazy this is normal like it's mm-hmm. okay that i feel this way mm-hmm. and that's what i needed to hear and i'm like i wasn't getting mm-hmm. that from anyone that i was going to i was you know i went to teachers and like i had one teacher that told me that i was going to burn in hell and then <gasps> yeah oh really yeah. so oh, you use yeah. teachers as no, the people to tell i went to the teacher huh. i went to one, uh, one, my, my band director actually I went oh. to her. and you know i think i was maybe 14 at the time when i went to her with that so you know yeah i kept it to myself for longer oh uh, that's too bad that's too bad oh so so um did you tell your sister no, um, I guess she's. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did tell my sister. I probably shouldn't have. I think she might have been too young because she's three years younger than me. So right, just, she would have been. It was. She, she was, would have been thirteen. She was thirteen. Yeah. Was she so, supportive? Uh, in so much that she loved me, and she made that a point. But I mean, and she's still like she's not not supportive, but she's also not you know. She wasn't the person who was going to champion that. She's nobody's really. So what happened? How did your so. How did you How did you come out to your parents, or how did that? evolved well i didn't really get the opportunity to come out to my parents um it was kind of a it was kind of a double-edged sword like i had um i i had you know after that conversation i had felt comfortable enough to start coming out to people and your so, friends my friends and so coming out i did and i told uh, one of my friends who told her mom who told my mom and <sighs> right and so then it got back to me and my mom you know so your mom confronted you she confronted me not only did she confronted it, she already denied it before she'd even talked to me and it's just like so like how can she deny it it's not how her can you, right exactly she and said so, i know you're not gay right and so then it's like you know that you know that came up and then my mom's like this is just a face you're going through you're going to be fine and so then it was shoved back <laughs> in the closet Aww. and so then you know i I I, I I guess this is a little personal, but I had um, I had fashioned a toy for myself. That mm-hmm. was also yeah, discovered. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So good job. Well, they they discovered this this toy that I fashioned mm-hmm. for myself and uh, with an adult toy. Mm-hmm. And um, so then the conversation came up again, and you know both my parents kind of broke down and were just upset and teary eyed, mm-hmm. and, and they personalized it and i looking back at it now mean they, personalized, adult, they it. personalized it it was about them they made it about them um as an example like you know i was like they failed no like that was their own like my mom was like you know well i had i had a, a lesbian affair once when i was 13 and you know i you know i'm fine now and like oh right and it's just like it was about they made it about them it wasn't about me and what i was dealing with it just made it about them and how mm-hmm. how i'll be able to overcome this and it's mm-hmm. like you know, treating it like an affliction and so 
I had spent, you know, some more time in the closet after that. But, I mean, that isn't to say that I wasn't fooling around with people in high school because I was kind of a slut in high school. So there were a lot of, there were other gay friends? Um, Well, you know, gay gay in so much in the sense that, you know, it's gay for the moment like most teenagers. Like, mm-hmm. they'll experiment. Or, yeah, they experiment. So. Or guys that wanted to experiment. Right. Guys yeah. that want to experiment. So that's kind of the experience, you know, that mm-hmm. that, that was all about. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, so it, it took me a while to really understand, like, the value of being in a relationship with another man and mm-hmm. even even before Ori and like I was still I had other relationships before him and I still I, I spent a lot of time looking through and looking at my sexuality through a heterosexual lens mm-hmm. and really that's that's the the first flaw is is using you know what your parents lived by as how you should live and mm-hmm. so I, I've approached my life very differently because of the mm-hmm. things that I've learned. And do respect. you do you think that's any reason why you might present? I mean, I just have to ask this: mm-hmm. as why you might present so straight? Because you kind of were were for or like internalized what your parents said, or you think it's just a coincidence, or like it's kind of like. I mean, it's it's. I've got blue eyes. Well, or it's distinctly <laughs> possible. I mean, a lot of it. I could. I could still be carrying some of that. But uh-huh. I mean, if you if you put me in a situation where you know uh-huh. I'm, I'm around other gay men, like you know that queen can come out. Uh huh. I, I can get very that, flamboyant that, that, right that, along that, with the rest. Of I'm them, sorry so. that you went through that. I mean, mm. I'm really like that's really horrible mm-hmm. to hear. Um, and I'm sure it's very common and mm-hmm. or more common than than I realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, often enough but i'm i'm sorry that you went through that and uh i am even more impressed than i was before about what seems to be such a healthy relationship that you have with ori who is such a great person to be around i think the two of you are really i'm impressed i gotta say i'm impressed I'm impressed so much that mm. I want to tell people right now that they're listening to radio free brooklyn you are listening to radio free brooklyn and uh and uh, let's give Ori's show another shout out. What, what my show is every Thursday, two to three, rebroadcast Friday mornings, eight a.m. So you should listen to this. You should go to our homepage. You should donate money to us, uh, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. But you should also listen to Ori's show. Tell us about Ori's show. Two minutes. Two, two minutes. Two, two seconds. Minutes, two seconds. Uh, it is uh, news, uh, music, and uh, tea for QPOC. That means queer, queer people, people of color, color. queer yes. people of color, and it's on Saturdays. Queer state of mind Saturdays, Saturday, twelve to two. 12 Tune to in. And Sundays, uh, it, uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, we're looking at we're talking about um, objection to the rules. Yeah, Sundays one to one to Sundays two. One to two. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, there. That's okay, or you can pay us later. Or you can just smack me around later. For- <laughs> well, if that makes you happy, you mm. guys can just do that. <laughs> uh, so a lot of this is is actually pretty good background for what we wanted to sort of talk about, see if we could make any heads or tails of um, an issue that you were talking about that I applaud you for even calling out on your own behalf, which is avoiding responsibility. Yes. Yeah, so true. that's something we want to talk about here. Um now, one thing that occurred to me while we were talking is the conversation that you had in the therapy, shrink, psychi- whatever the professional, <laughs> doesn't matter, whatever. the paid professionals, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, meeting, 
where where your mother your mother gave you a lot of responsibilities mm-hmm. growing up let's hear a little mm-hmm. more about that um what that was like so i mean it's you know a lot of it was chores a lot of it was you know cooking and cleaning like i had to make sure the dinner was on the table when they came home like so that. you had to cook dinner for your whole family I of had four to cook dinner for my whole family of four which wasn't which wasn't a terrible thing and it was something that was expected of my mother when she was growing up so you know that that made it okay and i and i i i look back on all that now and it's a, another one of those like that was just kind of part of my upbringing but at that time too and i compared to like what my other friends were doing when they came home from school and the things that they were doing like nobody was worrying about making sure that there was enough lowry seasoned salt for the chicken like no no one no one was oh my god did i put uh, x's in those baked potatoes before i stuck them in the oven did i put enough seasoning on the roast did i remember to use the bouillon cube like no one had these concerns how did, how did your mother teach you how to cook she had very specific expectations my grandmother actually we had the convenience of living next door to her and when my mom uh first went back to work uh when i when we had we built this house next door to my grandmother um first six months my grandmother cooked the meals and during those during that time i was with her every step of the way watching how she did it so she it. was training you she was training was that me. the whole point that was the whole point and wow so, and i mean it was something where it was just like eddie would you like to cook oh my god i'd love to learn how to cook oh yeah but nobody mentioned the part where i was going to be cooking meals every night so oh so so she ex- so you were initially were interested in cooking oh i was but again i didn't realize i was signing on to cook who did the shopping meals a night. um my mom did the shopping she would push the cart but then you know i you know i was with her every step of the so way so you went to the supermarket, with her. To the supermarket okay. with her so yeah um, did you have other, that's a lot of responsibility. What about the dishes? Um, thankfully we had a dishwasher, okay. so at least we had that going for But what us. else? Did you have other responsibilities? Um, yeah, you know, I had to, I had to make sure that laundry was taken care of. I didn't, you know, make You did sure all the laundry I for did, your family? I did, I did the laundry for the family, um, you know, once every couple of weeks. I kind of shared that responsibility with my mom, so it wasn't something I had to do all the time, but it was something mm-hmm. that I helped out with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know. But the, the expectation. The day-to-day vacuuming, dusting, keeping the house in order like that was that was part of the you know and were there consequences um if you didn't do it or like what was that like were you like was there a lot of pressure did you do it on your own usually it was it was enough not to listen to my dad bitch to to get the shit done so i mean that was really like the the reward was not having my dad complain so that was usually that was usually how that worked Mm-hmm. so you did most of it was your dad a pain was your dad a real hard ass um not always he just he had a short fuse mm-hmm. very short fuse and so he's a he's a neat freak the guy is oh he's a neat, neat freak. freak yeah so uh, my room oh. my room was always messy because uh, you know i was just like this is my space i have to keep everyone else's space clean i'm going to keep my room messy uh so your mom sort of pushed off a little bit of that responsibility onto you i yeah. think perhaps did she yeah a did little you bit feel like when, that? I, I did and you know when she went back to work like that was that was one of the reasons that you know i was pulled into that office that day was to thank them for you know everything that i do to help out because the, the psychiatrist pointed out to her you know maybe you should thank your child considering the fact that your mom never thanked you <laughs> so yeah. that was wow that was like somebody caring caring about mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. 
Um, did your sister have responsibilities? I know she was younger, but... There's a running joke in my family that um, when it came time to helping me with chores, which is what she was supposed to do, I would go to my sister and say, Lizzie, you know, um, hey, you think you can run the vacuum cleaner tonight? Oh, no, I did that last Thursday. And, <laughs> like, that was, like, last Thursday was, like, three months ago, Lizzie. Like, you have not run the vacuum. No, no, I did it last Thursday. And she would just maintain this fiction of this last Thursday thing until I would just get exasperated. And, and did anybody put pressure on her? No. That's, so are you, ang- I'm, I'm like furious. I want to, <laughs> like, this is making me furious. Are you angry about this? No, no, I'm, I'm. It's, How can you not be angry? They it, fucking took advantage of well, you. Well, you know, it is what it were is. You, like, and it, were, but were you angry before? Um, yeah, a lot of the time. I was really kind of an angry like teenager. Like, well, you know, my friends were doing things on the weekends. Like, it was like, and that was the thing. Like, I would, I was the house frau, you know, Monday through Thursday. Friday, mom would come in and she would do her bed and then we'd order pizza. And it was like, wait, so I cook for me? You can't, but okay. Um, Did but, you ever complain? Um, yeah, all the time. I complained, but nobody listened. It was just, you know, just quit your bitching really yeah shut up i i'm yeah. i'm mad i'm mad yeah. so did you fight about it or you just did it and you I kept just, your mouth you know, I shut just took you my wasn't lumps. worth it i just took my lumps because that's it was just i was biding my time that was always the thing you said your parents didn't expect you to go to college which is sad, which i find sad right um, um but that's a whole other story but how did you wind up leaving the house um so we ended up um my parents ended up when i was 17 moving to a small rural town so as if the you know the small town you know that we were already in where you sneeze and the dj and the radio says god bless you um you know we moved to a smaller town Mm -hmm. in a rural part of ohio Mm -hmm. on a 16 acre farm and when i when i already thought that i was i was shouldering too much you know we took on a a head of 30 sheep and overnight i love (laughs) animals I had, you don't have to take care of them. Oh, I, uh, so That's I had a to, huge job. I had to help take care of the flock. In addition to all the, the house chores, now I was doing farm chores. and Wow. Yeah, so it's a wonder that I didn't have a nervous breakdown when well, I turned 18. Well, so. well did, did they, like, sell the sheep? or did, I mean, was, there, was that an income-producing? It was, it was really the whole purpose of having the sheep, and this is the ridiculous thing. So purpose of having the sheep is that the sheep had originally like well they were eventually going to be taken away after we bought the property there was a period of about 30 days uh, where the there. farmer was going to be selling these off and you know it was all our land and then it, it, we, we were looking at that hillside that was some part of a property and my dad was like you know that's kind of like a 70 degree slope i don't think i'm going to take a riding mower on that we're going to have to keep some of these sheep to keep this hillside uh, and so that's how we got into raising the sheep it was, uh, it was an accidental we lawnmower yeah, we have lawnmowers your dad's like, I'm not, yeah. so your dad i picture somebody's on the couch all day no Did he do, not at no, all workaholic? no workaholic i worked all the time works all the time he's retired and he just works and works and, works, and he wanted I think. you to work all the time oh uh, yes i don't and, like well no i mean i don't know because, and but, i i know I, I mean, I don't like the way he treated you. I inherited some of my father's ambition, and my father was always working. I mean, and that's the thing, is that my father was always doing something, always working, and that's kind of the philosophy of my father, is mm-hmm. that you should always be busy. Like mm-hmm. He's never mm-hmm. said the phrase, idle, idle hands or devil's whatever, right, but, but he might as, he might well, as well have. have yeah. So let's get into, um, I can see why responsibilities is part of your... Uh, 
is part is part is on your chart here on your psychological mm. chart. But let's talk about like how what happens today. So you shrink responsibility. How does that how does that manifest itself? Uh, so it manifests itself in assignments, class assignments. Sometimes because so you're 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 working and going to school, but school's your main thing. You're studying theater. We I am. This. I am. I, I have a, you want to be a voice art uh, a, a voice artist like for cart cartoons, cartoons for radio. Really, any anywhere mm-hmm. where where my mm-hmm. voice. Fits and well, your voice needed. fits well here. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good voice. I, I mean, you know, and he can do it, uh, characters and stuff. Yeah. Somebody out I there, you know, this guy could be great on your cartoon. Yeah. So anyway, but um, okay, so you're in school. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about. So tell me about what you, what responsibilities are a problem for you. Um, so it's, it's completing homework, uh, studying, um. That sort of thing. Like it's it's kind of funny. Like at my job, like I pretty much keep it together. Like there's, mm-hmm. I I don't. And the thing that's what what really makes it so frustrating. I don't like my job. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't. Um. And it's not it's not the job so much. I like the customers. I like mm-hmm. my coworkers. Um. But you know, it's there have been some choices recently as far as leadership is concerned that just don't. But that's neither here. Well, you're way anyway. too smart for the job you're doing. I mean, it sounds better than a lot of jobs you could have. But but yeah. I mean, this is not your life story. No, this not. is not your life. No, it's not. But passion. There, there, I do you're just fine, school. like getting done when I need to get done. But you're you know? really responsible. But I'm responsible with it. Yeah, job. when when you when yeah, it makes this and, is starting you know, to make sense, right? So and then that's and it is starting to make sense. Is now that I'm thinking about it, it's just like so. Then school kind of takes the back seat to that, and that's. Part of the reason that I took the semester off the beginning of the year is that I was supposed to be ramping things up at my job. I actually had a staff to work with. We don't, we don't have a staff. There was me and one other guy now, but I actually had a staff that mm-hmm. I was managing. Mm-hmm. And but you know, one by one, they dropped off. And mm-hmm. so, no, so you had some change over there yeah, in a job that. Were you interested in the job at some point? I mean, even um, though it's not your life's oh no, passion, I mean, but I mean, when you you took a semester off from school to to devote to your job yes because we had you know we were we were trying to to get we were trying to get to a point where you know we were we were doing stuff where we had steady work coming in and that only happens when you have salespeople who are booking things but it just there was just kind of a breakdown and then you know the busy season ended and so so you were committed to your job you yeah, made a personal sacrifice about your passion in Not order only. to help out at your job mm-hmm. right mm-hmm so this is starting to seem obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's obvious now, but mm-hmm. it's starting to seem to me like it's uh, exactly what was happening at home, where mm-hmm. you had to push aside all your own needs mm-hmm. because you were you didn't want to get yelled at by your dad. Mm-hmm. Why you didn't want to get you don't want to get yelled at by your boss or mm-hmm. fired. There's responsibility at work. Mm-hmm. That isn't personal mm-hmm. in the sense that like you're not, you know, the thing that's interesting about the responsibility connection, I think, between uh, the job you have mm-hmm. and your parents is that you can't really fail in the sense that if you just get the job done, like right. what you're shitty at cleaning, uh, you didn't vacuum, right? Right, right. Like, whereas your like your schoolwork has probably so much more emotional it's probably so much more emotionally fraught for mm-hmm. you is it mm-hmm. um, like you want to do well oh, like i want to do well and i do and it's true um but 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point sometimes where, you know, I'm putting things off. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm waiting to do things like reading assignments. Like I'll wait until, you know, it's, I'm on the train heading to the class and I'm you know, like cramming this, this four or five page article in before I go in there and I really haven't digested it. And I know that because I know how mm-hmm. when I read something, I need that day where I just, it ruminates mm-hmm. and then I wake up and I have a, a new, a, like a new perspective of it just because I've had a, had an opportunity to ruminate on what I read versus mm-hmm. when I'm on the train and I'm reading and then I'm walking to the classroom, like literally holding the last page in my hand and le- reading the last lines before I take my seat. I mean, that's So there's some self-destruction uh, going on yeah. here and, and you know yeah. that. And what? so it seems like I don't. I mean, I, I've, not, I've not identified it as self-destruction. But. Well, see, I'm feeling, this is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like, um, join the club. Your parents mm-hmm. did a number on your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really, they really uh, did not make your, what what's important for you personally, valuable. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's part of you that has a hard time valuing what's important to you particularly like when you're doing things that have, you know, for all of us that don't have like money attached to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, or re- the consequences are all on you, like you'll get a bad grade mm-hmm. or you won't learn something you wanted to learn, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's you versus you. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there some, something where you're not taking your own work, personal work seriously enough or. Hmm. Well, what does Ori say to you? Um, well, you know, and then this is one of those things that like Ori and I like really don't talk about these kinds of things. It's it's funny how like when I have my own like whatever issues that I'm having. Mishigas. Yeah, Mishigas. I just, I keep them to myself. Like I don't, I never talk about what's wrong. I never so you haven't talked to Ori about this? No. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, he, he already like, he already knows that I put things off at the last right. minute. Yeah, but, he's, you know, it's he's just, no idiot. He's no idiot. So, but you, but does he know that it bothers you that I put things off to last minute? Um, no, I don't think he, he realized you know to what. I mean, I'm sure he knows that it bothers me, but I don't know what if he knows to, to just how what degree it really does bother. Mm. Um, and why haven't you talked to him about it? Is it just? You don't think it's important or uh, you know, it doesn't occur to you? I don't, I don't think it's something that I would really want to take to him just because he's, he has his own things that he needs to work out too. And you know, that's, that's what I, that's what professionals are for, I suppose. Um, but you know, I don't see those either. So I just deal with it. Wow. Wow. So you've been handling, you feel you responsibility is a big i think a big issue for you because mm-hmm. you feel responsible for everything that happens to you in a way like you mm-hmm. feel like not doing well in school or something or not doing what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. for yourself is your own problem mm-hmm. that no one else is responsible for that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what about support like or is not responsible no one's responsible but mm-hmm. if you share it mm-hmm you know, or he might be able to help encourage you or, or at least show some sympathy, empathy, well, help is... you look at it just to put it out there. What, what, what's that about? You're, you're beginning to look tense. <laughs> that makes you tense. Look... No, I've just, I'm, my stomach's just bothering me a little. I'm not, oh, I'm, I'm fine. oh, I'm fine. tension. 
No, I um, I, I um, it's one of those things where it's just I don't know. I I internalize a lot. I keep a lot to myself. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of been that way. Um, I mean, it's not it's not that I have a problem with being open. It's not that I have a no. problem with being frank. It's just that. You know, when something's when when something's not right and, you know, it's no one else's fault but my own, I tend to to not ask for help. Mm-hmm. As I feel that, you know, I made whatever mess that I've made. It's it's mine to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are, is there any areas in school that you, I mean, there are there ex- examples of things where you feel like you have really followed through and gotten things done on time and... I mean, classes that I'm taking right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's times and moments all the time where, you know, I am, I am doing the things where I am getting the things done. It's just that I don't know. Sometimes there's just when, you know, responsibility comes to pass and needs to be done. Like it doesn't necessarily even have to be homework. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be like paying a bill, like a bill that I know that's due. And I just, I will have the money. The money will be there in my account waiting to be paired with the bill. Mm-hmm. And I will wait until the midnight hour to 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 part with that money and i don't know why that is Mm. well i'm wondering if there's this is what i don't know so i was feeling really angry at your family Mm -hmm. for genuinely in my in my estimation from a non-professional viewpoint (laughs) (laughs) that they were taking advantage of you Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've ever felt that anger or dealt with that issue that you feel angry at them. Well, and it's it's so hard when I hear you say that. I'm like, I realize that and and, and that it can be seen that way, and I don't necessarily say that that you're wrong. But it, but you just don't connect to that. But I just don't connect to that because I've just it's so intertwined in my upbringing, which is mm. it was natural for us to have to to help around the house it was natural for us to have to to be part of this um but you know and the, but then again when i look back on those times and i see my other friends who are like they're you know out having fun they're going to parties yeah. it's like but this is also this pairs up with the same thing too where you know so many times i wanted to go somewhere i wanted to go places with friends and like invariably there was always some reason some excuse some other thing that i couldn't go because of one of those you know one of those things and it usually had to do with some responsibility that oh well tomorrow we're cleaning the gutters oh Oh, well tomorrow we're clearing the brush in the back of the property (laughs) like and it's funny if you really want to kick my favorite chore is splitting wood (laughs) Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, that's I cool that you got to learn how to do that well. <laughs> love to split logs. Because you get to bring, put out some of your mm-hmm. aggression in mm-hmm. splitting. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering, I mean, we only have like nine minutes here, so I don't think we're going to solve this lifelong, <laughs> deep, deeply uh, ingrained issue. But I, mm. I do think that there might be some value um, into looking at, the this is this sounds cheesy this is how i do it uh after years of therapy like sometimes like looking at that little child the little boy the small child eddie who is no longer you Mm -hmm. and feeling some anger and compassion for him Mm -hmm. just as a child Mm -hmm. like you don't have to go like man that was (laughs) fucked up you don't have to be an asshole about it that's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but in the meantime i think like um it's 
really cool that you're noticing it. And I think, mm. could, could you see how it makes sense that y- you have, like, if you weren't capable mm. of getting things done on time, like if you just didn't have the bandwidth or mm. the mental capacity or the ability on, if you were lacking in some way, mm. that'd be cool. Mm. That'd be fine. Mm. But it's not. Mm. And you're a really ambitious person, you say, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this has got to be killing you. Mm-hmm. You're not living up to your capabilities. Right, right. But also the capabilities that you value, mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. and achieving things that you want to achieve aren't necessarily mm-hmm. your family's values. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, then that's, I, I feel that that's right. But I'm, the, the nice thing is, as far as, you know, my family back home is concerned, I mean, they do support me. I mean, well, they that's do, good. They, I don't, I'm glad to hear that. I don't think they necessarily get everything that, that, that is me anymore, but they still support You know, this isn't a referendum on them at all mm. because they've obviously done you a hell of a lot of good. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, uh, you have a, you have like, you know, a pretty good life and you've yeah. moved to New York uh-huh. and you're making a lot happen. You've got a great mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. You're on the road. You know you're passionate about um, some work that mm-hmm. you're doing. You're supporting yourself. I mean, th- there's, there's, they've taught you what uh, they've given you a good work ethic mm-hmm. and how to be a decent human being. I mm-hmm. mean, and you're obviously inherently very bright, mm-hmm. and you know uh, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. they did okay. Yeah, they did all right. Yeah, they no, did, a, and they love you very much. I get much. that, and you love them back. Oh, yeah. I get all that. Absolutely. So this is not a referendum on them whatsoever. Mm. This is a ref. This is not a referendum on anybody. Not anyone. We're just having um, a conversation mm. of people who now are from a different planet that <laughs> that you're on. You were born on that planet, right. but you you are now living on a completely different planet, okay. and they they can't or don't want to or have no reason to visit your planet. Right. Yeah. Well. So no. all of that. All, all of, of that. that. Yeah. So that, and that's fine. This is no, nothing against them. Mm-hmm. But what I do want to do is honor the real Ed, mm-hmm. the real Ed Edward mm-hmm. that's in there. Mm-hmm. Like we got to like really honor that guy okay. who is really nothing at all except for like the decent values, mm-hmm. that person that was brought up. Mm-hmm. And we have to make that Eddie the best Eddie it can be and we're getting there mm-hmm. and we're aware of what we're aware of what the best eddie is mm-hmm. so if you could just separate the planets a little bit mm-hmm. and be a little more selfish i think you need a little bit of selfishness okay where where are you ever selfish um sometimes but not very often what would ori say um I think he would probably agree with that. I think he would say that I'm like, I, I can be selfish once in a while, but it's pretty rare. I'm usually pretty, uh, I, I'm usually pretty giving. I'm usually thinking of others mm-hmm. first. I'm usually putting others before mm-hmm. me a lot. And do you get taken advantage of? Um, you at know, work, yeah. I'm, I'm, you I'm gave sure. them a lot. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. So here's the thing mm-hmm. your career mm-hmm. is your child, mm-hmm. your, your voice your voice animation, whatever you mm-hmm. call it, mm-hmm. voice artist career mm-hmm. is your child. Mm-hmm. And you got to take care of that. Yeah. And that's number one. Right. That's number one mm-hmm. above all else. No, None of this stupid work comes first. <laughs> okay. You know, Ori's laundry comes first. None of that. 
You're how making... did you? How did you know about Ori's you laundry? You do Ori's laundry. <laughs> oh, geez, you Stop didn't. You it. just call my bluff. Oh God. Did Never I? Mind. You no, do I did. Laundry. I did his laundry last weekend for it. Uh, so I not. I normally don't do Ori's laundry. Please Ori's out there. Ori does I'm not worried laundry. about Ori taking I just advantage him of you. Out last oh, weekend. it's okay. Oh, geez, no, it's okay. It's okay. You can help Ori with his laundry. Thank you. I'm just telling you <laughs> that you life. You're still young. Life moves quickly. Life moves quickly, and the responsibility you have is not just to you. It's to your passion, mm. what you need to make, what you have to offer the world. Mm. And you're putting yourself second, and that's not good for anybody. Mm. That's not good for anybody. But me saying all this, we have four minutes left, mm. isn't really going to, like, me saying this now and you even hearing it, thinking about it, Mm -hmm. maybe hopefully we get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. But what I think we need to help you with is cognitive therapy. Okay. So I don't really know exactly what to do, (laughs) but what we do, I don't, I don't have it like a, a, a plan in mind, Okay. but we do need to think of tangible, um, uh, uh, actions you can take mm-hmm. that are just pure discipline. Okay. Do you do you think you could figure out like a schedule? Ori's good at this. Maybe ask Ori for help. You ask Ori for help. All right. I want you. Here's a good plan. Ask Ori for help mm-hmm. to help you with a schedule mm-hmm. of when you what even just blocking out Ed times. Mm-hmm. Eddie only time, mm-hmm. Eddie first time. Mm-hmm. So during that time, that means that's the time that you're going to take care of your schoolwork. Mm-hmm. You're going to like, you. there's a movie you want, whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. And if somebody asks you to do something, mm-hmm. you say no. Okay. This is Eddie's time. Mm-hmm. We need to train you <laughs> and rewire you <laughs> for Eddie time. Mm-hmm. What else do you like besides... uh um, you know, your work, your voice art. Is there anything else that you need time for that you wish you had time for? Oh, hmm. it's been a while since we've been given that thought. Um, that's so su- sick. That's fucked oh, up. No. Sorry. That's okay. We love you, Eddie. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> um, I'd love, to, I'd love to see some theater. It's been so long since I've gone. Well, to now see why a isn't show. that? Well, okay. You got to get you got to get Ori to help that help you plan this out. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Ori's your partner, mm-hmm. and he. I know if he was here, he would be like, "Yeah, I'm going to help you." Well, of course, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. let's just think about that for a minute. In the mm-hmm. meantime, we've only got like a minute left, so I want to make sure mm-hmm. that we give uh, Elon a big a big shout out here. Do you mm-hmm. know Elon Zanziger? I do not. Yeah, he's on after his show is on after this one. All right. Yeah, and uh, he does this really great show, and I want to make sure that people hear about it and listen and stay tuned. It's called mm-hmm. Lost and Rewound, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a really funny guy. He does like some stories. He has guests, and he plays music. And Lost and Rewound is from when he was a kid, and he was really into. Uh, he used to carry around a tape recorder in the mid '90s when he was in middle school, and. Mm-hmm. He has like an audio time capsule of prepubescent life. Mm. So he's always playing mixed tapes and stuff like that. Mm. So uh, I hope people uh, will stick around 
And uh, thanks so much for coming in yeah. today. I hope I didn't upset you or Not anything. Not at all. I've enjoyed myself. No? You're right. Good. It's a successful show. I've enjoyed myself. Uh, I'm so happy to yeah. hear that. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks to all my friends out there. Give me a shout out at uh, Twitter, Dr. Lisa Levy SP. That's DR Lisa Levy SP. Uh, send me your thoughts. Uh, ask to be on the show.